You are now listening to Millennial Renaissance Radio. To another episode of Millennial Renaissance Radio. This episode is sponsored by One Coast, an apparel company started by my good friend Willis Brown. One Coast's mission is to create a global network committed to saving our oceans through sustainable apparel and innovative initiatives. Check out their gear at onecoastofficial.com. They've got some awesome stuff made out of recycled plastics. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's comfortable, functional, and looks great. This week, I have a conversation with my Uncle Muzzy, who lives in Brussels, Belgium. Uncle Muzz has been more like a sibling to me than an uncle. And the first time I hung out with him as an adult, we did an all-you-can-drink Belgian beer tasting. You can imagine how that ended for both of us. Muzz is an artist through and through, and he lives his life outside the box. He overwhelms me at times, sending me YouTube videos, that outline conspiracies and alternative facts that will honestly make your head spin. With that said, he is also wise and casually doles out philosophies and advice that will catch you off guard, yet stay with you for a lifetime. A baby boomer and a free spirit, I thought Muzz's perspective could shed some interesting light on how we can connect with what we love to do. Since he himself did it in a time where being an artist was almost taboo. Final disclaimer, after almost 60 years on this earth, Muzzy is not politically correct. But I knew what I was getting myself into when I scheduled this interview. So without further ado, my uncle Muzzy. Enjoy. When you were... I stories you've told me about um, connecting to the arts uh, as a younger person. You said that, you know, yeah, exactly. Like you were in an environment where both of your parents were just uh, pretty much against that. Yeah, but that was the, the post-war thing. You can be a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, a banker, but a musician. You know what my dad told me right to my face? That's for niggers. That's a niggas profession. Like, yeah, dad, but I want to go to Berkeley School of Music in Boston. He's like, yeah, no, man. Fuck you, you go down to the metal factory in, in Madison, New Jersey, which is what I did. Uh-huh. When all my mates went off to Ithaca and, you know, FLA, what is it, University of Florida, University of Denver, I went straight to the metal factory down downtown Madison. So, in... But you well, continue the to culture. How do you say the, the socioeconomic split off I took at 17 years old? Yeah. Well, but you, I mean, you continued to play music even though you didn't, you know. Never stop, man. Never yeah. stop. My whole life. And I had to fight for it. And right. fuck, you know, the first 15 years of that fight was like, dude, you got to make money from it. You got to live in a van with five other hippies and tour all over the States and make money for the company and like i'm like no man i want to sit home with my girlfriend 
do my messenger job in San Francisco and, and play guitar on the weekends, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, how do they call it, a, a weekend warrior? I preferred that. I didn't want to fucking go for the corporate, you know, dude, you got to be the next Soundgarden. I'm like, yeah, okay, no, that's, that's cool. I'll just you sit at home with my four track, you know? So you you didn't dream of, but like, I mean, I feel like every musician wants that stage, you know? I like, did. I did. But that's what they teach you. You know, like, well, if you're going to be successful, then you're going to make a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. That's a corporate, you know, education right there. Right. Oh, Muzz, you want to be a musician? No, nah, you're going to be a nigger. So, you know, you can't, you're never making no money. So that's no good. You know, you got to go be a dentist. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. All right. No, no. Sorry. All right. So I took every... Bro, I've done every fucking low-level job in the world, man. I went from the metal factory to another one, uh-huh. another metal factory, to a Burger King. And then, ooh, now I'm a cook. I was a dishwasher during the day. I was a, a janitor in a Jewish temple at night in Morristown, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nuts, man. I was like doing every part-time job I could do just so I could play my fucking guitar. So I could play my guitar. I didn't give a fuck, man. I was like, ah. Making yeah. no money, okay, I don't care. So all my mates, get back to the point, they're all fucking off in Ithaca, getting pissed, becoming bankers' sons, I don't know what, you know, get, you know I don't know what. You when, you know. what, pi- what when you say university? getting pissed, <laughs> when you say getting pissed, meaning they're, they're off at school getting drunk, right? Drunk, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. Hey, look, dude, like, so the only time I saw him was on New Year's Eve, they're like, dude, look, it's a flaming shot. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? What are they teaching you kids in, right. in university? Down at the factory, we drink pints. That's it. All right, back to the point, Skyler. Education. Well, Before yeah. Before internet. Uh, all right, so I was said I was out in San Francisco as a messenger, right? Uh-huh. And uh, this guy, this hippie, hands me a flyer on the street one day. I'm like, okay, whatever. Cheers, bye. I think it had an anarchist logo on it or something. Come, come see this. And uh, it was about, uh, hold on. It was about the anarchists against the government, right? Okay. Down there in Oakland, California. So uh, I'll just read you one of their flyers. They were called, and I thought it was cool. I was like, I got to go see this meeting. <laughs> uh-huh. Glasses. Anyway. So why, 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 were you, why were you drawn to the anarchists in the, in the first place? I wasn't. The guy just handed me a flyer on the street. Uh-huh. And I was a messenger. So I was riding around on my motorcycle eight hours a day. Uh-huh. BMW 650, by the way. There you go. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Give me the fucking thing. All right, get out of my way. Yeah? And they were called Griot. So G point, R point, I point, O point, T point. The Grassroots Issues Organization Organizing Team. And they were fucking anarchists. They were like, fuck the government. We don't like this war that Reagan's carrying on there in uh, El Salvador. And the, and the police are beating the shit out of us. At the same time, what, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. So this, you know, they all talk about, oh, the mean coppers of today. That's just been going on since 
Well, yeah, it's just now that everybody has a camera, they can, they can videotape what they see and then they That's can upload cool. it on and they can upload it online and everybody now you're going to post. Right. Yeah. But nobody could do that back in the days. They just beat the shit out of everybody. And these hippies were making, you know, printouts of people taking photographs with probably mm -hmm. Nikon cameras. Oh, the cops, there they are. The cops were spraying graffiti on the wall, you know, making it look like the kids were doing it. Mm. kind of stuff you know all conspiracy theory stuff mm -hmm. so that was uh before internet let's go back to alex jones internet kind of shit uh-huh you you took a flyer on the street they said come to our meeting you went down there you're like ah oh, holy shit you're cool we're great anarchists ah cool we all need government I'm like, oh, yeah. you know i fell asleep through half of it but mm -hmm. still i walked away being a little bit of a what do you call it you know a, an anarchist, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word. Go back to the job, motorcycle messenger, leather jacket, cruising around San Francisco, you know, it's like, yeah. playing my guitar on the weekends and recording songs every night after work on my little four track. Mm -hmm. So composing without knowing how to read music. And... Get back to the point, Scatter. Right. <laughs> Am I? Well, I'm, I guess. So the internet comes for the old geezer. Right. All right. I found that about 2005, I guess, when I had a computer that would even connect to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunately, a mate, well, a guy I met here in Brussels who come out of Aspen. Uh, he's running uh, a thing called Leaf right now, by the way, in Colorado. If I can give him some kudos. <laughs> so, okay. I remember and, him. I met him. I met him yes. at uh, our our Belgian Thanksgiving that one year. Yeah. The barbecue. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah! Fuck it, Jared Petra's house. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We go. Go on. Go on. All right. Uh, that cat uh, turned me onto Facebook. Uh -huh. like, oh, you got to check out this new thing, man. It's called Facebook. You can sell your shit, sell your art. You know, I'm like, ah, cool. And then like, I went through the whole thing. You got 10 friends. You got 100 friends. You got 200 friends. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? This stuff rubbed me wrong from the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. 200 friends? No, I've only had like five friends in my whole life. What do you mean I got 200 friends? Fuck you. <laughs> Who are you? You know? So Facebook, all right, yeah, I jumped on it for a while. And that's what I'm saying. You have this learning curve. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, here we are on the internet now. And I uh, got all these friends that I don't even fucking know. And, uh, and then when you go through all that shit with Facebook, you're like, damn, fuck all you people. Boom. I only have five friends again. Uh -huh. you cut them all out. I don't know this guy. And I don't want to know that bitch from my old high school reunion. Fuck her. You know, she's a libtard. I don't know what. Out. Ooh, out, out, everybody out. And then you're down back to like 10 friends. And then it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of worthless. And then mm -hmm. they say, oh, Facebook's fucking with your minds. And I go, okay. So I quit it in 2012, 13, I don't know, mm -hmm. five years ago. Quit it. And then found another one out there in uh, Australia called Informed Planet. So these are all the like dudes like, yeah, you know, 
bomb Israel because those, they, they're not nice to those poor Palestinians, even though they're all Semites. Whoops. Anyway, makes sense of that. You know, peace level on the planet. They had a thing called the uh, earth porn, where if you had any beautiful photograph of the Rocky Mountains or where do you live down there by the Falaise, uh, California? Yeah. Monterey. Monterey, why? Um, if you had a beautiful photograph, they would put that in a, in a, in a file called earth porn. Mm -hmm. And then they had another one called exotic porn. So it was like really classy photos of chicks' asses and stuff. And like, oh, it ain't porno, thank God. But it, uh, she does have a nice ass. Look at that. Girl. Wow. Okay. All right. It was all black and white, and she had some special ropes. You know, but what? Her. So what's? <laughs> but with informed planet, right, no, like that was my second. I don't stop. Okay. Uh, that was my second social media um, experience. So I like, fuck Facebook and fuck all you fake friends and boom, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, I'm going to some people who believe in what I believe in. Informed Planet. Out of Australia. Hey, that sounds good. Okay. And I even went to another one in Iceland called... Uh, I forget. One out of Iceland, but they were kind of Christian. So if you said fuck, they're like, oh, you, you don't talk so nice over there, monsieur in Brussels. I'm like, oh, sorry, baby, you know. So I started rewriting fuck as like F double O K or F U K, uh, anything but F U C K. <laughs> no, they didn't like me over there in Iceland. I'm like, I fuck you people. That's when I found the people in Australia. Uh -huh. like, handle F O O K. Foo. What the fuck? All right, so boom. I quit them as well. Because some woman came on one day talking about her favorite emoticons. I'm like, honey, do you know how many people you, your, your government killed in Yemen today? She's like, yeah, I know what's going on. Don't worry. And just my emoticons are more important right now. I'm like, goodbye. I told the leader of the site, the guy who started the thing, Jules is his name. I said, see you, dude. Adios. Fuck you and all your stupid people on this site. So yeah. social media, bro, did not work out. So here I am back in the present. That's what you're trying to get to the pint, I guess. In the present, man, I'm totally dis social media completely. And the, all I get is the what is it, the the notifications on the comments I've made on YouTube. Uh -huh. Oh, hate mail. Here comes some hate mail. Yeah. Trolls yeah. telling me fuck off. I'm like, that's cool, you know. Always ignore a troll, eh, Skyder? Always ignore a troll. Don't feed the trolls, Muzz. Yeah, voila. Cheers. The, well, I think that's really interesting because I, like social media, I, I got rid of Facebook a couple of years ago and I use Instagram pretty, yeah, thank you, thank you. I, uh, I use um, Instagram pretty regularly. I use it to promote the podcast, but um, I also, you know, it's nice. I, I think it's fun. Like I like photography and stuff, so it's cool like posting different stuff on there. But I find what's happening with Instagram is like, okay, if you have a certain, if you have 100,000 followers, people will pay you to advertise on your, you know, on your, on your page, okay? And you are getting those followers from the content that you're producing, lifestyle photos, pictures of you doing different things in the outdoors, doing crazy shit. Like some people get followers well, that way. What kind of money is it you're talking, you're winning there? 
I, I don't know. Is I mean, it's dollars or something. You know? I mean, people who have millions of followers are able to make a full living off of just that following. That I've seen. That I've, I couldn't believe it. Guys are making twenty eight hundred bucks a month for a stupid clickbait. Right. Jesus, Jesus is looking out for you. Site, you know. <laughs> well, and, really? and so there's and there's twenty eight hundred bucks a month. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> right. And it's like for twenty eight hundred bucks a month, like, what are you willing to put online? You know. And so part of it is like. You know, people, well, yeah, people will put up that bullshit to, to get that following. But I think also people are like selling out their, selling their personas, selling literally like who you, sometimes I feel that way is like, I have to sell who I am, my individuality online to try and gain this following and, and a bit of cash and in hopes of getting some cash. And, and I, but you know what, like it all goes back to greed, bro. And then. Well, and, and I think that's, that's something that I talk about a lot in the podcast as well as, you know, when we talk about, we talk about wealth, um, you know, there's, there's wealth in terms of dollars, but there's also, you know, that social wealth. And then also like, what is that monetary exchange between the two? Like you bring, I, I've it, used this, I've used this. It's so Hollywood. <laughs> No, no, but hear me out. What's the money part of it? What's the, you know, where's the money? Where's the economic, you know? Well, hear, hear me out though. It, the, what, what about when it goes the opposite way? Okay, so um, you, bring, you bring a bottle of beer to hang out with a couple of friends, right? That you got, you're there, you're meeting up with four bandmates, let's say, all right? You buy, yeah, a, bo- you buy, a, buy a bottle of beer for five bucks, Okay. You bring that bottle of beer to rehearsal and split that bottle between all of your bandmates. All right. You spent five dollars. Sounds like you're dead. Well, no, but but in the opposite direction. In the opposite direction. Yeah, so you spent five bucks on that bottle of beer. But what is it worth to all of those bandmates who who didn't bring any beer to that rehearsal that they get? Five hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. I mean, seriously, they're like, oh, thank you. Like, I needed that. But this joint that. That two hits of that beer, just, all right, thanks, let's go. One, two, three. Exactly, right? And it's, uh, okay, you throw a doobie in there, $10, all right? Woo. But that, that $10, like, when it... when it Turn t- into magic or what? Yeah, I mean, well, it's like what that means to your bandmates, it, it becomes something, you know... Spiritual. Far- yeah, and it's, it's worth far more. That's spiritual. What is worth more than money? Spirit. Right. Like I said to the people the other night at my gig at the gym, I said, what's, what's more intelligent than having a smartphone? Oh, Not having a <laughs> <laughs> I got a good chuckle from the Germans in the, in the audience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lord, they, they, Lord knows they need it. Well, all right. So another thing is, I mean, you send me a lot of YouTube videos. Um, uh, I'm going to refer to them as conspiracy theories. Um, mm. And uh, you can rebut that if you want, but I'm just curious. Well, conspiracy analyzm. <laughs> Stick it up your ass. <laughs> my, my question to you is, um, you know, you're, you actively seek out knowledge online. All right. And so, well, how do you think, you know, what are your thoughts on, right? 
Okay, what are your thoughts on being able to seek out knowledge independently in the 21st century? Um, because I think education, right? We have, we well, built up education. Education has a lot of extra bells and whistles just to get a school running. Um, but when you look at the bigger picture, all the information that anybody needs to get something started is around them on, t on the internet. Um, That's true. But with that said, you know, I think there's all kinds of different information. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, seeking out information in, you know, the 21st century um, after. Man, you better pray for um, freedom on the internet, like DTube and whatnot, because, and Steam it, because, uh, you know, Google's off the rails. Yeah. They're fucking, they're gone. You know, if I get another computer, which I hope I do one day, I'm going to erase fucking Google out of it completely. It's going to be all YouTube and I don't know what, Steam and anything but Google. And, and, and the, Why do you say that about Google? And all that. Because they're all in the, they're all in the fucking government. Mm. They're all with the government. Oh, that's conspiracy theory. Well, I, so why do you say they're with the government? Because they censor people like you. <laughs> they haven't censored me yet. Well, one day, oh, sorry, Skyler, this uh, video is not uh, friendly to advertising, so we can't monetize it, man. Sorry. No monetization for you, pal. And right. there, goes your, there goes your YouTube income, because you're talking shit against the government or something, I don't know what, against education, for example. Mm -hmm. The education system, you're like, it's bullshit. We all know it. I've known it since I was fucking 11 years old back in 1971, you know? Fuck, man. I was staring out the window because the fucking shit they were trying to teach us was bullshit, you know? I'd rather fucking be home playing my guitar, thank you. Mm -hmm. But that's me, because I was the artist. I, I should have been down the, the hallway in the music class. Well, no, but they made me try and learn math, which I never learned. They try and made me learn science, which I never learned. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, that, learn everything. I, no, just teach me fucking music or art or sculpture or, or cinema or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this shit, I'm not interested in. So I'm staring out the window at the clouds and they're like, you, get out of here. You don't know the answer to the question. I'm like, okay, sorry. They sent me to the fucking psychiatrist at a certain point. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, uh, we see you're drawing in class, young Henry. I'm like, yeah, I'm drawing. Well, well sh show us a drawing. I'm like, okay, no problem. <laughs> I give them a drawing, like, boom, on the spot. They're like, is that your little friend? Like, what, are you fucking crazy? What, who are you people, you know? I'm drawing, hello. <laughs> so it was nuts. I knew it from age 13 on. I knew mm -hmm. it. Oh, this is fucked. Education system we're talking. Yeah, well, and I think for, especially for creative individuals, like us um uh i mean i don't consider myself necessarily like an artist um but i definitely consider myself a creative in terms of like yeah that's I, the modern I, that's the modern thing to do oh yeah i can be a, a politician i could also be a saxophone player mm -hmm. Does that remind you of anybody and now clinton for fuck's sake uh. <laughs> Anyway, you know, I can paint a painting. Maybe, maybe Trump's like a, you know, a closet painter. Who knows? He's probably in there like Melania's asleep. I can paint now. That, I mean, that would certainly be a surprise to me, but 
Hey, I, if 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 he was a closet painter, it would make me feel a lot better about the situation. But I don't. Don't think- make an opinion about him until until they off him. Is all I can say to anybody out there in uh, political yeah. land. Don't make any opinions about. Just sit okay. back. And watch. <laughs> this is this episode no, is. No. This is not about Trump right now, but I, I appreciate right, that. But. Just threw that in as a, I digress. Yeah. I digress. But I think, you know, going back to the education thing, I think yeah. it's, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before we started is, you know, it's also, so I think part of it is trying different things. You know, you don't, you can't know that you don't like something until you've tried it. Okay. This is um, the internet curve you're going at, I hope. Uh, the learning curve in the internet age. Maybe. Because I told you, it, it's, you know, social media was cool to begin with, and now all of a sudden it sucked. But it took like fucking 10 years to figure that out. Right. So, and also these clickbait dudes, you know, we figured them out too. It's mm-hmm. taken us 10 years, but uh, ah, that's clickbait. Yeah, it's like, oh, ah, that's-, that's clickbait. Fuck yeah. you. I go watch the corporate report instead, you know. Okay. Point well, being. I'm sorry, what was that? Point being. Well, my, my point is, wait, were you going to make a point or are you, are you opening the floor for no, me? No, you were talking about the, the evolution of the ages, no? And, well, ed, I mean, just in education, it's like if you're an artistic person, you have to choose, like we were saying, like, first off, you have, to, you, you have one art selective, okay? And as a musician, right, you have to play concert band if you want to play jazz band. Yeah, but you're just going back to the same old point that the, the education system is not working for you. It right. didn't work for you. It's not working for anybody now. Right. So fuck it, man. What? Anarchism. Come on. Make anarchy great again. <laughs> not America. Anarchy. Well, but okay. Then, right. The, the education system. Great, but... I don't think the education system is, is, is working. What's that shit? How about all these kids in debt? Your mates. Are right? you in debt? Are you in debt? Uh, I'm, I'm not, no. God bless you. Yeah. Um. But a yeah. lot of your mates are. A lot of my mates are. But I think, the, I mean, the internet solves that problem. You know, because like. You can sell yourself. Well, <laughs> no, not because you can sell yourself. Pay off that debt. <laughs> no, you can, you don't. There are still resources that a university or a school offers, like a, a social circle, right? A safe space. Um, yeah. And maybe a couple other things or in an ideal world, right? Having, being surrounded by a good group, like a, a good team of people. And then also having a, a place to, um, I get, I guess, meet up. Those are, those are positive things that schools offer. But in terms of the price. It sounds like you're taking the long way around. Why are they fucking greasing everybody like a little baby? Uh, space. Why don't you fucking get out in the street and hang out with homeboy or he may kick your ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ever heard down in Hollywood by Ry Cooter? I know. They'll grab you right out of your car and kick your ass down in Hollywood. <laughs> no, they're trying to protect everybody. Why is that? They make you all a bunch of wimps so you can be another cog in the wheel, you know, be a good worker. But they're also going to drive your wages down. I guarantee you guys. Wages are already, I mean, it's crazy. Like you. Yeah, but they're going to go like, oh, $12 an hour. That's going to go like to $1 an hour or a dollar a day. Yeah. That's where it's going, I think. Yeah. Well, I think, 
I think just when I look at the numbers, like in a lot of cases, they don't add up like paying for a degree. It's just like, it's just not the <laughs> no jobs for what you study for. Right. And now my advice to those people is start your own fucking business. Get somebody with a good idea, go get a garage. Like I think it's bullshit anyway, but you know, Steve jobs did and fucking make something. I don't know. Invent the next keychain. Okay, so, and those are the two things that I was saying, right? A, a space and people around you that are going to help you, you know, build or create these things, right? Yeah, but you have to agree that you're all desperate. And if you don't come up with something, you're all fucked. Well, and that's true too. And I think that... A lot of people are in doubt. What do you call it? Cognitive dissonance. Yeah, but mom, dad said it was cool because if I got my degree, man, then everything's going to be fine. You know? mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you're not pulling your weight here. You know, we need some ideas or we need some footwork or, you know, we're trying to get something off the ground here and you're just fucking around on social media. Right. Well, and, and I think, you know, young people creating, inventing, like connecting to work that they're good at all right and they're interested in i think is more important now than ever because you know there are a lot of global issues that need solving by like we don't we don't need people to be making more money like that that doesn't you know i I like so why is that the culture i i don't everything in the culture is like i got look i got my bitches i got my cars i'm selling millions of albums you know you will people watch my videos well, what, what culture are you referring to? You gotta make money. You gotta make money. You gotta make money. Mm-hmm. It puts you all in debt. You're all. You're all. You buy more fucking tennis shoes, you know, per month than fucking half of the world. What's well, it sounds of? like you're you're referring to like hip hop culture right now. No. Well, you said what got replaced? Your your heavy metal station in Connecticut got replaced with a hip hop station. Why? Because it's more corporate. You know, there's more people spending more money on a lower standard of living yeah. than there are middle-class people with brains or whatever, not spending any money because they're saving their money for a fucking real car. Mm-hmm. So, shit. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and, and I, yeah, I mean, hip hop is a multi-billion dollar industry now. Um, but, but, but it sells the, everything from perfume to films, you know, Bruce Willis, whatever, you know. Well, <laughs> but it sells it, everything. Why? But hip hop, well, also, hip hop is not like, I think a lot of people would argue that hip hop right now is not in its golden age right now. Even though it's making a lot of money, it's, it's not producing the best music that it, that it did. You know what I mean? Hey, do you, it, it creates almost as much as a terror as we saw when disco came in. In 1970, okay. everybody was freaked out. They're like, "What the hell is that shit? Where's Where's the Who? You know, where, where's yeah. fucking Eric Clapton? Nah, it's disco now." We're like, "No, what?" The? But it was a money business, man. Yeah, it was money because uh, you know these these old geezers in '60s rock and roll they're they're wearing us out. They're not making it anymore. Mm-hmm. We need something new. Well. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think money is just one of those things. I, since, you know, uh, at one point I had a pretty high-paying job, and now I have an extremely low-paying job. 
but I'm far more happier now than I was before. Um, and you know, we, there are bill, like everybody's got bills that they got to pay. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think when I had a bunch of excess cash, uh, it was just, it was, yeah, I, I, no, I didn't piss it away. I mean, I, I spent a lot of it on my education, but you know, I think you're going to say, (laughs) I see what you, (laughs) well, you're researching online. I hope sitting around all day, just researching online. Now, one last thing I'd like to say about the internet. Okay. The biggest thing an old geezer like me learned, you know, before internet and afterwards is like how much shit they fucking did not tell us. Right. And Mm -hmm. that was the big eye opener about the internet. I'm like, holy fuck, really? Oh my God. Yeah. Just shocked beyond belief. And that's Mm -hmm. what almost sends you off on this, you know, vicious cycle of, ugh, you're almost angry. You're like, well, if they fucking lied to us about this, then they lied to us about Kennedy and 9-11 and they fucking lied and they lied and they lied. And you start doing the research into history, you know, simple shit. Like people were just saying, oh yeah, yeah. And then you find out, yeah, it was a fucking lie. Holy shit. Yeah. So you don't have to go straight to the conspiracy theory. You can, conspiracy theory can give you the idea. And then you go to do the historical research. And then you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, it, it was a lie. It was a fucking lie. And they told it to us. So that makes you even more pissed off. Mm-hmm. it doesn't stop so that's that's basically where i'm at now yeah, yeah. I'm like jesus christ give me some more history please and you can go back and read carl Jung and all that stuff and it'll probably hit you oh yeah okay got it nietzsche yeah i haven't done it but i will yeah i mean i agree i think you know the more read a book yeah i've i've Definitely, I've been doing some reading. You know, you just read hey, some. Can you send player piano back to me, please? <laughs> we could do, okay. Cruz Monica Jr. Yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. Um, send it back to me, Scott, I miss it. I'll, se- I'll send you your book back to you, I promise. Um, but I, we're coming up on 30 minutes, so this is a question that, I, right. that I ask everybody. Um, Go on. And the question is, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned um, uh, in connecting to work that you love? Oh, that it's, I hope it's already in your veins when you were born. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I was definitely born an artist. Mm-hmm. My dad or my mom, nobody could beat it out of me into being a dentist. So, you know, a dentist is a sculptor in a way, or yeah. a gardener, in fact, is a sculptor in a way. He's like, hey, cut those hedges. But to him, it's like, you know, oh, this is like a big ass sculpture. Yeah. So who knows that Gardner, he's an artist. Like you said, I have my artistic side. I've got my business side. You know, I just stuck to it, man. I, I, I realized at a certain point, I switched over. I was like, I quit music. I'm going into cinema now and video and television, which I did fairly successfully in Manhattan there in the late 80s. And, uh, and then that's what actually got me to Belgium, the bloody cinema business. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you... St- and then when I got over to Belgium, some guy invites me to do play a music gig. I'm like, oh, shit. Oops. At that moment, I knew it was in my veins. You can't get rid of it. So if you're a sculptor for life or if you're a painter for life or a musician or I don't know what, you know, a gardener, whatever pulls your trigger, you can stick to that. 
they're going to push you around, but you can stick to it and that'll keep you happy. And, and it doesn't matter if it's, it pays well or it doesn't. If you're in love with what you know you need to do, everything's cool. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you, Skyler. Love it. Thanks. Thanks, Muzz. Appreciate it. Much success to you and your show. <laughs> Thanks. Hopefully, hopefully some, some young people will learn something from uh, this conversation. Much love to Uncle Muzz for doing the podcast. Thank you. You can find his music online if you search for Geezer Young. He is also on Spotify. And he's a blues musician and uh, is super talented. So definitely check out his tracks. Also check out my man Sweezley on Instagram, S-W-E-E-S-L-Y. He's been providing these beats for the podcast every week in season two. Um, and he is also an incredibly talented musician. So give him a follow. He drops a beat every week on his YouTube channel. When I picked up the trumpet in elementary school, I was pretty good. But honestly, school ruined this instrument for me. I had to choose between music and other art classes. And in high school, if I wanted to play the music I loved, which was jazz, I had to play music I hated, which was marching band. After high school, my instrument was zipped up and left in the attic. Whether it would see the light of day again was uncertain. About six years later, I moved home to be with my dad when he was sick with cancer. As you can imagine, this was a painful time for me. And in search of relief, I dug up my trumpet and I began to play it again. I would wail on it, letting out my frustration with my parents, my father's disease, and life in general at the time. Reconnecting with the trumpet opened up a whole new world for me. I was able to play music with my Uncle Muzzy for the first time. I've connected with a band here in Monterey that also happens to be some of my closest friends. But above all, I got to celebrate my father's life through my trumpet by playing it at my dad's funeral. The reason I didn't quit the instrument before I graduated high school was my dad kicking me in the ass to practice every night. My dad knew what it meant to be able to play music, especially at an older age. He saw the value in me continuing to play and he couldn't have been more right. But what he didn't foresee was that he now lives on through this instrument that I love so dearly. His spirit thrives in each note I play because it was something I know he loved to hear. It took pain and anguish to realize this talent of mine that was suppressed for so many years. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you're good at something and you love it, don't wait for anyone's approval, especially at schools. Remember, the Renaissance will not be televised, but it will be podcasted. So is the